Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield, and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment, but all from the coalface. Information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. Welcome to episode 23 of the Coffee Break podcast. I've now been doing these podcasts for six months, and I'm humbled by the levels of interaction I'm getting from you after them. Never in my wildest dream six months ago did I think I'd be getting anywhere near this level of contact. So our new Facebook group is going live this week, and I'll put a link in the description below. Please pop along, and those of you that have been interacting with me can join us there, and we can take the discussions further. We'll be using the Facebook forum to share other things from the Million Pound Biller, and also links and bonuses from our interview contributors. I hope that the forum alongside these podcasts and our growing YouTube channel will provide a wide array of options to help you on your recruitment journey. So on to this week's topics. Topic one this week relates to customer service. I've had two issues this week with articles that I bought for various different companies. In both cases, there were issues with the products when they arrived. In one case, I was able to speak to somebody quickly and effectively on the phone and was able to resolve the issue there and then. No problems at all. Move on. Thank you very much. The other company, however... A business that supposedly prides itself on being cutting edge and having great customer service reviews had no phone number I could contact. They had a generic email address that I could send the issue to, but I got no response in over 24 hours after the email I sent. Despite the fact that in that 24-hour period, I got five emails from them explaining how great their faulty product was and what a great benefit it would be to me now that I'd signed up. When I did finally get a response, they'd seemingly had no understanding of my issue. It was as though they hadn't read my initial email and were just trotting out a set of specific responses defined by their process. That was it. I was being handled by a process and not a person. And as a result, I will be telling anyone I can they shouldn't be buying their product in question. If you want to reach out to me, I'm happy to share the name of the company privately. But to be frank, I'm not sure what the legal position is if I mention them on here, so I'm going to play it safe. The recruitment link here is that the focus on customer service. We spend a great deal of time in recruitment talking about winning new clients. But those sales are by far the hardest and most difficult to make. Even a stellar salesperson will be getting hundreds of no's for every yes they get. Whether you're working with clients or candidates, as a recruitment consultant, you are well aware that the word no, or some version of it, is by far the most common word you'll ever hear when looking to fill a role or find a new client. My view has always been that your best sales come from the companies you already work with. All of my best successes are coming from landing and expanding in a client. By that I mean doing a first deal and then a second and then expanding and delivering more and more sales in the same company. Often just trying to push out all of my competition if I can. If I had an ideal client portfolio, it would only be three or five companies. 
Those are big enough to have a regular needs and widespread enough to mean they're unlikely to be hit by one at a time by a big market issue, <laughs> COVID notwithstanding. But to get that first job to the 10th or the 100th role takes work. It takes a keen focus on customer service. It takes building strong relationships with the people in all areas of the business with whom you work, from hiring managers through to HR to finance and back office. You need to be aware of all the key people and they need to be aware of you. The key with this, though, is customer service. Whilst I hope that one small bit won't derail the whole relationship, you have to be focused on making sure that the relationship's response time and general service levels are kept high at all times. And that will be easy enough when you start out, as the number of people in a client will be small, and you'll be able to keep those relationships and nurture them without that much additional call on your time. But as the client's business get levels get higher, which is what you're looking for, so the number of relationships you'll be expected to manage will get higher as well. This is where I like to bring in the reverse triangle. And perhaps to explain it better, I can explain the situation for most companies. In most recruitment relationships, the client to agency, there is a single point of contact, which in turn links to the whole of the wider businesses, both on the client and consultancy side. Think of that as the tips of two triangles with the rest of the business spreading out behind them in the shape of a triangle. Those two points are often well connected. And in many cases, especially where there have been many placements, will have built up strong bonds. And that is great, but it leads to many possible risks. What happens if someone in the finance team wants an issue resolved, but they don't have the link to the key contact at the agency? The client's key contact is away at leave or busy. So who does the finance person speak to? They are left where I was with my poor supplier contact, left with a generic email address and hoping they'll get a response in a reasonable time. It also has, in that single point of contact, the biggest of all possible failures. What happens if your main contact in that client leaves? You're suddenly left without the level of contact in a client who's been the bedrock of your business. So to avoid these issues, I try as soon as possible to reverse the triangle, to take those big bases and have as many contacts, connections with my clients as possible. I make it a point of taking key finance people of my side of the triangle to meet the key finance people at the client. Ironically, this is made easy with COVID, as neither needs to leave the office, as leaving the office seems, I have noted, to be something finance people are very reluctant to do. I then introduce my team, and even where appropriate, my senior management team, to the client at the relevant levels. That means the number of connections with the client grow. Each connection can build their own network and reputation. And most importantly all, the customer service isn't always reliant on me. I've also noted that where I've reversed the triangle successfully, my clients are less likely to get rid of us as an agency, as there are too many vested connections on their side pulling for our business. They get comments like, but they're so easy to work with, or X in finance is great at resolving our issues quickly. Point overall is the easiest sale to make is the one into your current clients. And the best way to do that is to focus on customer services from day one and bring in as many people along with you as you can. So on to topic two for this week and what we can learn from sports people. Those of you who have been here since the start will know that one of my passions is golf and the other was previously playing rugby. I'm still a very keen watcher of rugby and we're about to enter a great summer with the Lions Tour to South Africa. And I'm still very much a player of golf. And I'm always keen to speak and listen to elite sports people. Many of my podcasts of choice at the moment contain interviews with elite sports people from all areas of the sporting spectrum. There are a number of things these all these elite athletes have in common, but the two that stand out to me in relation to recruitment are their willingness to learn and get better and the ability or even desire to get honest feedback on their work. No matter which athlete you speak to, they are always working to get better. They all have highly paid coaches who show them where their weaknesses are and then make them work on them. The athletes are also self-motivated to get better. 
whether it's a golfer spending hours in the gym to improve their core stability, or a basketball player firing hour after hour of free throws, or the rugby player who stays for hours after training to kick goals. They're working on their skills constantly. They are training them, they are practicing them, and most importantly, they are reviewing them and seeing where they need to improve. I'm sure many of you listening to this will say that you do work on the skills of recruitment. One could argue by listening to this podcast, you're doing just that. But do you then work on those skills to hone them? I once had a consultant who was afraid of being face-to-face with a client. They could sell over the phone, no worries. But when it came to meeting the client, they just had a blind spot and seemed unable to deliver in the same way they could over the phone. We sat together and talked about the issue. We worked out what the reasons were for their problem. In essence, it came down to a few things about face-to-face meetings and some bad experiences in the previous company. We then worked out a plan to have them work on their issue. Initially, it was meetings with me, then random meetings with other people from the company, and finally I had a couple of my friends and clients come and hold mock meetings. Now, I won't say we cured the issue overnight. There were some hiccups, but the person kept working at it. They kept improving and developing their skills and ways of handling their limitations in meetings, and by the end of the period, they were able to deal with any kind of meeting that was thrown at them. Now, you may scoff and say, who would have an issue with meetings? But that isn't the point. We all have weaknesses in our skill set. Mine, for example, is that I've never been a very good networker in a cold room, i.e. something like a business function. I just don't like those types of events that much. I don't think they bring that much value overall. And that view led me to being poor in those types of events. However, when I went to the UAE, I found that those events were great options to meet people. And because the community overall was so small, there were always links back to possible clients. So I had to get better at doing the things I didn't like and wasn't good at. So I got to work on my skills. I read books and talked to those who had seen who could do it well and asked about how they did it. Now, I'm not going to say I'm an expert at it in any way, but the fact is what was a weakness is now something I can say is a strength, or at least not as bad a weakness as it was. As I say, sports people have a lot to teach us. We need to review our performances, see objectively where we are lacking, and then work on those skills so that we can bring up the weaknesses And by doing so, we make the whole better. I would also note that sports people use coaches, and I've always been a big advocate for that. Whether that's in direct coaching from managers, coaching from peers, or an outside source like this podcast or books, or even perhaps a professional paid coach as the top athletes do, you need to invest some time and money into your coaching. Knowing our weaknesses and working on them is the only way we get better. And our business, as in sports, getting better means being more successful. I hope this week's topics have resonated with you. As ever, if you have any comments or questions on any of the issues we raised in the Million Pound Biller podcast, then you can always find me on social media, at Million Pound Biller. Or of course, you can head over to our Facebook group. The link is in the description, or just search Million Pound Biller on Facebook. Finally, if you like these podcasts, then please like and subscribe wherever you get hold of them, as it helps us to reach out to other people in the recruitment spectrum. So until next week, enjoy the journey. <laughs>